Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Nalema kulila misozi Nikayanga na banja latu Kupadwa tinabatwa mushe Komalelo lipazulika Nikale tinakalapo okombrela Leloeka tutikumbukila kweta chokela Amai kubutika mutima Komazoti tazisoa Ni maona misozi masomwake Ni makuto abale ni makuto Good morning, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Zambia Block Talk Radio. It is June 27th, uh, 2020. We do thank you for taking the time to join us today from whichever part of the world you're calling us from. It's 9.01 Central Standard Time in Dallas, Texas. I believe it's 10 a.m. in Eastern. It is 3 p.m. in the United Kingdom and 1,600 hours in the great nation of Zambia. And those of you who are joining us from the Western Pacific of Australia, the Japan, and all those parts of the world, it is uh, 11 p.m., I believe, somewhere there, uh, getting ready to go to bed. But we appreciate you staying with us. We have a great show, a great discussion today, and we do thank you for joining us. Uh, before I welcome our guests, let me just acknowledge my co-host, who is in charge of today's show, the Honorable Mrs. Matilda Mwabalukas from the great Sunshine State of Florida. Matilda, hi. Hello, Nathan. Everybody, welcome to the radio show. It's good to have you listening to us today. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so today we're discussing issues to do with uh, education, and uh, you know I'm very passionate about education. Anything education will get my attention, and uh, uh, joining us today, I hope I'm going to say uh, the, the, these names uh, uh, properly here. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Julie Ann, uh, is it Casenza? She's the co-founder and executive director at African Education Program. Hi, Julie. Did I say that right? Hi, you did, Nathan. You did. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah anyway, your names are more close to Zambian than anything else. If you haven't <laughs> also joining us from Zambia is Lumono Chongo. She's the program director right there. Hi, Lulu. Hi everyone, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I'm 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 impressed that you didn't have problems getting through this number. Really? Do people yeah. usually have a problem? No, no, yeah, yeah. Like the guest we had yesterday for last week from Zambia, she had problems getting through the number. But anyway, I guess uh, President Lungu's phones are working very well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> no comment right. on that one. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Okay, let's say hi to uh, our other colleagues here and our regular contributors. And uh, one of our great friends and regular contributors, although she participates wow. once every 10 years, uh, Dr. Frida Brazo. Hi, Frida. Good morning. How are you? Good to hear your voice. It's been a while. Like Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. And my my one and only friend from up north in Canada. Hey, Roger. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the house. 
<laughs> Excellent. Let, let, let's begin the discussion here. Uh, Julie, can, can you tell us how did the idea of African Education Program uh, come about? What was the motivation factor? Um, sure. Uh, and again, thanks for having us on. It's always a pleasure to share this story and the work that we're doing. Um, to be honest, this idea was just a, a crazy teenage project. Um, a few friends and I, when we were 14, mm -hmm. 15, you know, doing our secondary school, um, had an idea to help kids in Africa. And at that age, you know, for us, we had no idea what that meant, no idea where it would go. Um, you know, Africa was one place. Um, our mm. football coach at the time, he's a native Zambian, actually also now up in Canada, in Toronto. Um, and so we went to him and we said, hey, you're African. We want to help kids in Africa. You know, what do we do? And he said, well, call my brother. He's a community leader in Kofue, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you can come up with a project. And that's mm -hmm. where um, we did. This was before we had all this great technology, right? WhatsApp, Zoom, Skype. So we would buy those calling cards that you would scratch for the minutes, right? I know everyone on the who's listening remembers those times for <laughs> calling back home. Um, uh -huh. And we would call his we would call his brother Amos um, in Kafue, and we came up with the idea of just shipping a container of books, computers that were much needed oh, wow. um, for the youth there. Yep. And when that was accomplished, we very fortunately um, had a chance to visit the community, visit the youth. And they're really the ones who said, you know, your work doesn't stop here. Uh, you need to mm. open a youth center so we can put those books, put those computers in one place. We can have a place okay. to go after school. And that was the beginning, you know, and that was uh, 16 years ago, um, almost to the day oh, that wow. we opened uh, the Amos Youth Center. And, and it has been growing ever, ever since. Oh, wow. Amazing. So basically what goes on, just briefly, can you explain what goes on at the Amos Youth Center, and are you operating in other African countries, or it's just Zambia? So uh, right now we're just in Zambia. This is our big pilot project. Um, we do hope one day to expand across Zambia and perhaps even other African countries um, by, you know, adapting our model. Um, Lulu is, is really at the heart of all our programs, so I'll, I'll go briefly over everything that we do, but she's the one that dives deep on, on all of this. Um, but essentially, we are an after-school program. We do provide scholarships so that our kids can remain in school. So this year, we had 250 um, high school, or as we call secondary school scholarships, uh, 42 college and university scholarships. So the model is we do the scholarships so the kids can be in school, and once they knock off, they're coming to us. They're having lunch at the center. We have Shima every day with a vegetable and a protein. And then we have tuitions in every major subject, and we do clubs. So we have computer club, one up for girl power. I know that's Lulu's favorite, and it's her heart and soul. Um, we do spelling bee club. We have art, music, drama. So pretty much everything mm -hmm. that a child needs, you know, to really – um, reach their full potential, reach their full creativity, and also succeed in school, you know, we're trying to have a program that's there for them. Okay, excellent. I mean, I know. We'll continue. I'm sure Lulu can, can help us more understand this. Lulu, how did you find yourself to be part of this? So one day I'm home straight out mm. of uh, university, um, and my dad comes with Julian at our house. He introduces us and says, uh, this is my daughter. She just did social work. So Julian was like, why don't you come in one day and just take us out? I was like, oh, okay. That sounds like fun. I have nothing else to do. So I went in one day and I got hooked. So I started as a volunteer. I would go in and just have health talks with the kids and have motivational talks with them. And I'll just say this, I went in, you know, fresh from college. When you're from college and university, you feel like you are about to change the world. <laughs> so I had that mentality. But the minute I got there and I saw the kids and what she did, my perspective and how I looked at life changed. 
So in a nutshell, wow. that's how I found myself there in 2014. And I started mm-hmm. working there as the staff in 2015. So I fell okay. in love uh, with what she did and the work with the kids there, how she can selflessly give out, and also to meet kids who had nothing but hope challenged me as a person. Yeah, that's amazing, Lulu. Uh, one more question before Matilda comes in here. So when, you, when, when we are told that Lulu is a program director, what does that entail? Because I heard Julie refer to something that you're passionate about. What does your work title right. position, what are your responsibilities? So my rep- responsibilities are running um, all the programs that we have at the center. So in, in a, I'll try in the next 45 seconds just to explain how my day is. My mm. day starts at 9 hours in the morning. So in the morning we have the little ones, the little munchkins. Initially we didn't have a plan for them. There was no club mm. for them, but they loved coming to the center. They loved coming um, and be part of the activity. So we made an entire program for them which starts at 9 hours and ends at 10.30. So it's tuitions. We do the same tuitions, the same classes and subjects that we take in school. And we also do clubs. We do music and dance just to engage with the kids and work with them. Then at 12 hours, um, I get the grade 7 up to 12. So the first thing that the kids do when they come in, they have to sign in um, with the help of our student uh, teachers. They sign in. They go to their uh, classes. We, it's a small center that we have, and we try our best to make it work. So we have classes outside. We have classes inside. So imagine a three-bedroom uh, house in Zambia that hosts 400 kids <laughs> in one place. So it's a bit crazy, but we make it work. Other kids are outside learning. Others are in the classrooms that we created in, in the center. They are doing their classes, others are doing their homework, and mm. by that, by 12, lunch is ready. So we alternate. If there's a, for example, there's a grade 8 in math class, class, we have the grade 7s have their lunch. They'll have their lunch, and once we clear off uh, the lunch, the eating area, which is outside, we have another group coming to have lunch and also go to their next class. So... My, uh, my program starts after classes. So when they're done with their mm-hmm. classes, uh, we, we do, uh, I, I organize CDMB. So when you say program um, director, I'm in charge of all the extra, um, the over, overlapping classes. I'm more of the fun, fun one, I would say. <laughs> I do spelling okay. I do music with them. We do art, different types of art, both African and Western art. They learn about different arts around the world, which has been very interesting. The kids have loved learning about art in China, art in Russia. They've loved that. We do okay. uh, drama and acting. And we have a leadership club, which I really love also. The kids do different projects in the community. So, so far, we, the kids decided to say, we just don't want to be leaders that talk and just um, have things on paper. We want to be hands-on. So they went out, uh, found very simple jobs, and the people in the community really helped us. And they raised, um, they raised some money, and they donated mm. food at a local orphanage. So it was no. the kids who are receiving help giving out. So it was a very touching moment for me to see the kids who – don't have much, but for them to work hard and earn something to help another person who's also in need. So they have done different projects at our local general hospital. They went to clean the surrounding. On Mother's, on Women's Day this year, we helped clean the surrounding at the general hospital in Kakiwe and also clean the ward, uh, the labor ward and the female ward. And we also got to donate a painting to uh, the, the maternity ward in, at the general hospital. So that's just um, a brief on the leadership club. So we also have a creative club where the kids just can imagine as wild as they, as they want. And um, we also have wonderful girl power, which Julian talks about. It's like my heart. It's all about mm-hmm. girls. 
We talk about everything that mothers or fathers, African and Zambian mothers and fathers are a bit not too comfortable to talk about. We talk about sex, we talk about drugs, anything that is considered taboo in our culture, I make it as open with the kids as possible. And through these clubs, we have had an opportunity to help out our young girls and our young boys who are going through a very challenging um, situations at home or at school. So it's called Wonderful Girl Power, meaning a girl has a voice, a girl has mm. a stand, a girl also can say something. Um, I mean, being, being African, being Zambian, for, for the longest time, a girl has been put in a box, like, you can only do this, or you can only go up to yeah. this level. You can't really go up to that level. A Wonderful Girl Power just gives the girl that oomph, that push, like, you can do it. You have a voice, and you can do anything that you put your mind to. And don't let people put labels on you. Don't let people put you in a box. So then we had to start also something for the boys. It's called Boys Talk. I was mm-hmm. in charge of that one. I was kicked out. <laughs> I was kicked of out. Yeah, you're not a boy. <laughs> you are, I had fun with them, though. But they told me you're not a boy. So one of the male staff members is the one who's in charge of that one. Um, of course, I oversee what they talk about, and uh, I, I organize the, the discussion topics for that. So Excellent. My day the, the website, when we are done with all the all the clubs. The website Thank is you. African I'm Education sorry, what Program. About... I just wanted to tell our audience uh, your website, so those who are listening or listening to the recorded podcast can and follow what you guys do. It's African Education Program, oneword.org. The word program is spelled the American way, like Julie said to me, P-R-O-G-R-A-M, <laughs> not double M-E, the Zambian way. So africaneducationprogram.org. Okay. You know, Nathan, I, I love the enthusiasm that both Julie and Lulu have I'm looking at the questions that I was going to ask, and Lulu has just gone through all of them. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I will ask this question, and then she goes right into it. My goodness, Lulu, you, 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 the, the interview. I am so I'm just, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, Once I start exciting. talking about the center. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Lulu. Yes, I'm sorry. I said once I start talking about the center, I just go on and on. I have to like tell myself, Lulu, hold, just okay, take your <laughs> take a step back. So sorry about that. <laughs> that that's okay. That's okay. It just shows that uh, you have a a true passion for for the work that you're doing, and I'm excited as well just to hear what you what uh, what you and your organization are doing. Um. Julie, you had mentioned, I think it was Lulu, uh, one of you had mentioned that you have over 6,000, I'm sorry, 2,600 scholarships that have been given. Um, Are these through the schools that are around the Kakiwe area, or um, how how are those uh, scholarships given, and what's the criteria? Sure. Great question. Um, So absolutely, those are scholarships to Kofue schools um, for the secondary level. Obviously, at college, those are colleges and universities um, nationwide in Zambia. The reason we stay to Kofue is because we're looking to invest in youth that are already investing in themselves. So Lulu and our whole team, we literally know every single child that is a part of the program because they have started coming to the center. They've started in, as, as a young learner or munchkin, or they've started in grade seven, coming to the center, using our resources, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that we're providing and investing in themselves, right? So when we see that, when it comes to grade eight and time for those secondary sponsorships or scholarships, um, we know the kids, right? We know who they are. We know where they're, they're coming from. So first and foremost criteria is, are you coming to the center? Are you taking advantage of everything that we're offering? And are you investing in yourself, right? Are you investing in your education? Um, the next criteria mm-hmm. is obviously financial. Can the families afford the sponsorship? You know, can they afford to send their children to school or not? So every year the whole team, this, 
we always say that everyone loses weight um, in the month, month of September because we're doing home visits um, that month. So the whole team will go out, visit every single home um, of the children and see what the, the true family situation is like. And that's also a great time mm -hmm. to talk to the p parents and guardians, um, let them know what we're doing at the center. And then sort of the last criteria is their grades. Um, we don't believe in only helping the best students. Um, we really represent the whole spectrum of students because we realize there may be a girl that's failing, right? She's failing in her grade eight. She's failing in grade nine. But we know that if we don't provide that sponsorship, the chances of her getting married or getting pregnant are much higher. So, you know, we represent the whole spectrum. Um, we have the whole uh, rainbow at our center, and so all are welcome. And that's how we, you know, identify who will receive a sponsorship or not. Um, and, and we have not done much advertising because, you know, our resources are limited. So fortunately, we don't usually have to turn um, too many people away when it comes to the sponsorship, um, but that's because we don't really advertise widely. <laughs> It's all word of mouth in the community. Wow, that, that's amazing. I just commend you for your commitment. 16 years is quite a long time to keep at it, especially uh, that you are not um, a native of Zambia, but you have a passion for Zambia and have connected with the people there. Uh, there is so much that I would like for us to talk about, but I know our listeners would be Soon. In fact, I know they are already itching to want to ask questions, but before we go there, there are a few, a few things that I'd like for us to discuss before we open it up to our, our listeners. Um, with, there, with so many challenges uh, that you might face, we have had one additional challenge this year that the whole country, not the country, but the world has experienced, and this is... Um, this COVID, uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, how, uh, what are some of the challenges that you have experienced with the Amos Center and the schools around, and what are you guys doing um, to, um, to work around this? Sure. Um, well, I can start. We would jump in whenever you, you want to. Um, but yes. essentially, as soon as closed school down, we always follow school protocols. So if schools are closed, you know, as we've seen previously with cholera outbreaks, for instance, the youth center closes. So we, we always follow those, um, what the schools are doing. Um, there, I'm sure everyone remembers in Kafue, there was sort of a critical point in the virus's spread when Kafue was even put mm -hmm. on, a, on a shutdown for a few days. Very fortunately, before that um, shutdown, we were able to distribute three weeks of food um, to all of our families. Um, so if you can picture, uh, you know, 275 bags of mealy meal and beans and kapenta and soya chunks, enough for all of our families for three weeks. Um, the, the team, Lulu and the team, did such an incredible job getting that food distribution done, and we see how that really helped keep our families safe um, at a critical time. We've also, since um, COVID was confirmed, been doing uh, weekly health check-ins with every single one of our families. So the team is literally calling every family on the phone um, with a set of questions to find out how they're doing. Um, and it's okay. also been a great way to just share information about COVID, right, to break myths um, that are going around in the community, to share the, the information that's needed to stay safe. Um, so those health check-ins have just been incredible um, in terms of information sharing and keeping track of our families. We also did tuitions via the phone because, you know, our kids don't have Internet at home, right? They don't have data bundles to be able to do these, these video calls or to access learning online. So all of our college students and our, um, some of our secondary students came together to create a team that did just phone tuitions, just straight phone calls, um, which was also pretty incredible. Um, we did a mask distribution where all of our families got two reusable masks. Um, we've just been pretty much doing as much as we can to keep our families safe during this time. Um, you know, we know that's hard when most of them depend on selling at the market or selling at the roadside. Um, 
you know, those are the types of families that we're, we're working with, really that work day in to make, you know, to have the food on the table that day. So we've just been doing as much as we can um, to keep everyone safe and still do educational outreach so that the kids during these school closures don't feel like they're totally losing out or they're totally just um, apart from their education. Okay, Lulu. Uh, and it also like just to... Hello, can you repeat that? I was asking Lulu uh, what it was like for her being on the ground with um, with the scare, with the pandemic going on. It was a very hard uh, situation to see the the very first part of the the heat. Uh, people were panicking and. Uh, the parents uh, were so worried about their kids' health and how will our work was to continue. So when we announced the close of the center, of, of course we got a very mixed reaction from the community um, because some people thought um, COVID is not real in Zambia. And other parents mm-hmm. were like, okay, if you close down the center, what will my kid do? Will my kid just spend the whole day at home? And we had to explain to them, it, it, uh, we had to think of the safety and the health of the child and also for the staff um, members. So we, the food mm-hmm. distribution, we followed all the health regulations and we, all of them were observed. And safely, we gave out all the food. And um, just to add on, on the health calls, of course, we really address all the myths that were around because in our community people were still not so sure if COVID was real or not. So some mm-hmm. of them were not taking right. it very seriously and we used that opportunity to reach out to all our beneficiaries and just spend uh, time with them over the phone and explain to them and we, we talked about how to properly disinfect the mask, how to stay safe, how to identify the symptoms, just to make sure every person understood and we used our local languages. We didn't use English just to make sure every person understood um, and got the message clearly. Mm. Wow. That, that sounds uh, very challenging. How large is your staff in Zambia? We have, I, uh, I have to say this, Lulu, because I, I know you won't do it justice, because we have the most amazing team, you guys, on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. We have now um, four, actually, of our alumni of the program working full-time. We have two secondary graduates mm-hmm. and two uh, UNSA, University of Zambia graduates. Um, who started with us as young, you know, um, during their, their grade eights and their grade nines, who are on the team full time. Um, and then Lulu has two other team members who aren't alumni of the program. So we actually have seven full time team members on the ground. And I could not ask for a better team. They are just incredible, the work that they do, you know, even before COVID, it was amazing. And during COVID, they have just you know, stepped up to a whole new level. Sorry, Lulu, I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I was just going to go like, we are seven. We are ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to go straight to the point. <laughs> just, you know, I, I'm, I, again, I am so uh, floored with the passion that you have and just to keep this going, as I said before, 16 years is a long time to be this committed. And just from the programs that you have mentioned, you've gotten uh, school supplies, but then you're going above and beyond and providing the families with food. The, the children are having food when they come to the center, and then you're also providing food for the family. You have to have talk time for the staff to call the kids and um other things that associated administrative costs. How are you guys managing? How um, I do see on your on your website there's a donate button. Are you relying on just donations, or how how are you guys able to sustain yourself? Um, that's a, a very very good question. Um, and yes, we mostly rely on private donations, uh, largely from the U.S. Um, and France. 
We are grantees of the M. Night Shyamalan Foundation, uh, the movie director that a lot of people know. Um, They very fortunately have supported us for three years now. We're very grateful for their support. Um, But otherwise, it's, it's, it's people, you know, it's private donors. It's people who believe in our cause, who believe in what we're doing. Um, we actually have 40 families here in the U.S. who have been giving every single year for over 10 years. You know, that's how much they believe in, in our work. Um, so it's all, it's, it's people. It's people to people. It's about connecting communities. Um, you know, we're, we're incredibly blessed and privileged um, to be having support during these very, very hard times. We know that COVID mm-hmm. is hitting a lot of families around the world very hard. Um, very fortunately, our donors have stepped up to make our work you know, possible um, to continue to do this work on the ground in such a meaningful way. Um, but we need help. You know, we need support, um, especially with the diaspora. We need we need support from you um, because this is, you know, usually our work on the ground. We call it life changing, right? Through education, it's life changing. It's giving the opportunity for these kids to lift themselves out of poverty, to lift their families out of poverty, to lift their communities out of poverty. And right now, we're actually doing life-saving work. You know, we're keeping our families safe um, during this pandemic. So every single dollar, I can't say enough, you know, even if it's just $1, it can go such a long way when, when it comes to our work. Um, so, yes, there's that donate button on the, on the website. And I know we're going to have a chance to talk about our, our initiative that just got launched yesterday. But please, please, uh-huh. um, you know, we're, we're looking for support. <laughs> Right, and that's a good segue. Um, and listeners, I thank you so much for your patience. We'll be coming to you. If you have a question, please press 1. And if you're interested in reading more or learning more about um, our guests and their program, you can go to the World Wide Web and uh, type in africaneducationprogram.org, and that's program, P-O-R-G-A-M, dot org african education program dot org so uh julie and lulu we are we you you um we're going to talk about uh, the program that you just launched yesterday ladies and gentlemen there's going to be a first of its kind a virtual cookout a diaspora cook-off so uh tell us about this and um what what is the, the mission or the aim for for this program Sure. And, well, Matilda, you didn't mention that you're actually one of our esteemed judges on the judges panel for this, this, this virtual cook-off, so we're, we're really grateful for that. Um, you know, the idea here was um, for, for, for the diaspora that are in the U.S. right now, you know, summer is usually all about getting together, right? Cooking, having brides, barbecues, um, And that's really hard right now with COVID. Um, You know, it's it's tough to have those get-togethers that are um, such a big part of summer culture here. So um, when we were discussing with certain members of the diaspora, um, we thought, why don't we do a virtual cook-off as a way to, you know, still have everyone be able to show off their amazing cooking skills, um, show off the amazing dishes that they usually do, um, also honoring Zambian tradition and traditional, um, you know, uh, dishes, um, and and then also hopefully raise a little money for all the great work that we're doing. So um, this has been spearheaded by uh, Cecilia Milambo out of D.C. Um, Akende Munalula out of Los Angeles is our esteemed host um, for the awards ceremony. And we're just hoping everyone can can get together. And I'm sorry, on, on the um, judges panel, we also have the Woods, who are in Zambia, but um, incredible social media influencers and, and chefs. Um, we have Sango Cuisine Restaurant um, out of uh, Illinois. We have an incredible group of people coming together to, to lead this effort, and we hope that, you know, everyone in the diaspora will, will, will submit some dishes. So the idea is let's get together virtually. Let's show off the amazing food that, that we all love and cherish and, and raise a little money for some good work. Amazing, amazing. This is so exciting. Yes, I, I am one of the judges, and I'm excited. 
Um, I would have loved to be one of the people participating, but I think it's better that I'm a judge. <laughs> so this this is really exciting. Uh, for people who want who are wanting to be a part of this, um, how do they how do they um, sign up? Sure. So same thing. You can visit our website, um, AfricanEducationProgram.org. Um, you'll see a pop-up for the cook-off uh, page where you can submit your video and your photo, and all the details are on the website. You can also find us on Facebook, um, African Education Program. Uh, there's an event page. Um, you can look at Akende a Munalula's page. She's also promoting um, on all of his social channels. So pretty much if you're having trouble finding us, um, then I, I don't think you're using your smartphone um, because we're everywhere. So just check us out either on the web or on social media, um, you know, and reach out to us if you're having a question about how to submit or maybe what dish you want to do. Um, but please, you know, this is such a great opportunity to come together. So I hope everyone will join. Fantastic. And uh, before we open it up to our callers, uh, Frida, are you still on the line? No, she dropped. Miss Frida? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, will, I had wanted to know how uh, Miss Frida got to be in touch with uh, this uh, one, wonderful ladies in this uh, lovely program. So, Nathan, there you have it. If you want to show off your skills to cook, it's, uh, you know, we're not discriminating. <laughs> <laughs> you can participate in in, in, uh, in this uh, great Zambian dance cook-off. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if anyone has a question, please press one, and you are happy to ask your questions, and uh, our our guests will be able to to answer those questions. So while we're waiting, uh, Roger, I'm not sure if you had anything. While we're waiting for people to uh, press one, I do want to go back to. Um, some of the programs that you have, um, you have a lot of people that start with one goal to say, okay, well, I'm going to do this in Zambia. Let's say I want to do clean water. When they go in and they find that there are other social economical problems, it it takes um, like they have to divert their goal or their cause before they can get round to what they wanted to do. you have a similar experience when you first uh, wanted to, to go into Zambia and improve um, with the education and improve the, uh, the, the lives of the young people there? Absolutely. I mean, what we found, you know, our first project was just shipping, <laughs> shipping books and, and, and computers. So, um, you know, when we did open the youth center the following year, like you're saying, we just had one goal, right? It's let's have a safe place for kids to go after school. Let's have a safe place where they can have access to computers and books. And that was it, right? That was it. But what we realized was as the youth um, and the community really opened up about the challenges that they were facing, you realize that that's not enough. Okay, I'm putting money into this youth center, and that's great, but is that really making a change? So the first challenge that was identified was the issue of school fees. You know, what's the point of an after-school youth center if the kids aren't even in school? Um, and that's where the scholarships came. Um, then came the issue of food. Okay, we're investing in these kids. We're investing in an after-school center. We're investing in their school fees. But if they're hungry, are they really learning? What's the point of the investment? And so that's really how our model evolved to be so holistic is we realized if we can actually open doors so that these kids can overcome a lot of the challenges in their life, right? Um, school access, food, self-esteem um, building, health awareness, um, menstrual health for our girls, making sure that they have reusable pads or cups. You know, when we open enough doors, we realize that we're maximizing our investment. We realize that the chances of these kids actually reaching their full potential is much greater than if we'd only opened one door, right? If we'd only just had the youth center, but by having all of these programs, we see the difference. When we have a kid graduate from college or university and get that job, we see the difference in that, in that youth. We see the difference in their families and we're starting to see the difference in the community. So 
Absolutely. You know, you, you have to evolve, you have to adapt, and, and that's what we did, and that's how we've ended up with sort of this, this holistic approach to the child and creating a program mm-hmm. that really touches on everything that they're facing. Okay. And, um, Can I, I quickly jump in? Yes, yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to, just to add on, uh, that was great, Jay. Just to add on, um, I would give a vivid example to say it's not, a, it's not just about academic intelligence. You know, you have to look at emotional intelligence also. You look at the child, we look at the child as a whole. We, you know, it's not just about going to school. So for me, I've had kids who are very good in school, have good grades, but don't have that confidence to stand before someone and speak. So when you look at that, then you have to create programs that are going to help that child also. To say, okay, you have children who sing so well, how best can I help this child? So it's not only about going to school. Um, even when we launch uh, our graduates, we have over 70 graduates who have graduated from college and university. It's not only about them acquiring that certificate, that degree, it's also what impact are they going to give our community? What voice are they going to have mm-hmm. in our community? Yes, they have their degree. Yes, they have their paper and they, they have their expertise. But what voice do they have? So we look at a person as a whole, not just one part to say, let's educate the child. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, that's, it's, it's, I like that you have uh, encompassed everything in your plans, and it's not just centered on one thing, also the impact. Uh, that it will have on the community. I, I wanted to circle back to something Julie had mentioned earlier when she mentioned that donations and help, uh, mostly you said mostly from the U.S. and France. How did France, uh, how, how are we connected with France? That's a good question. Um, I am actually half French. Um, my mom is from okay. France and I'm half American. And my mom, um, as everyone knows, uh, Mama Mario, it's actually her birthday today, so happy birthday, Mom. Um, It's also just a huge part of this organization's success. Um, So France, uh, we also have an organization, a nonprofit entity in France as well um, to raise funds. So that's how. Happy birthday, Mom, again, because I know you're listening. (laughs) Have you considered having friends? Do you have a French class there, too? I'm so sorry. I said, have you considered having French classes at the Amos Center? We do have French classes, actually. When when we have French volunteers um, who are on site, uh, Lulu can tell you how how much the kids love learning French. <laughs> That's good. They love it. Lulu, uh, they really French? enjoy it. <laughs> We said, hey, we said the kids look French. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only French I know. Do you speak French as well? That's uh, And I don't even know if I say this language. I'm sure Julie is changing and changing, mixing up the language. Um, Unfortunately, I don't. Uh, Okay. Uh, And Lulu, getting back to you, you had mentioned the boys club and how you were kicked out of it. I I just want to say it's good that you also have boys programs. There are a lot of women programs, uh, girl-related programs, and that's good, and they are needed. Um, However, my, my observation is we are concentrating too much on one gender and neglecting the other. Could you talk about more, uh, could you tell us more about the, the programs that you have for the men or the young men or the, the boys? All right. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, that, your observation is the reason why we started the boys club because of late the, the topic and the, you know, the discussion has been around the girl and us, we have left the boys out. So we started um, a boy-only club and we talk about different uh, topics. I have uh, invited a few uh, male mentors to talk with the boys also just on how to choose a career, um, self-esteem, confidence. We've talked about drugs and alcohol among teenage boys, which became a problem in, in Katue 
Uh, last year, it was a very big problem. There was a very um, high rate of drug and alcohol use among young boys. So that is one of the topics that we also look at. And also, we look at Im the emotional intelligence and emotional understanding of a boy. You know how a boy is always called, yeah, man, man up, uh, never cry. A boy never cries. But also, we have had activities on how boys can deal with emotion and how they can express emotion without speaking into that persona that society has tended to say, a man is supposed to come out this way, otherwise you're not a man. So we also try to break down those barriers that are around um, a young black boy, not only in Zambia, mm -hmm. but also in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Do you guys plan on moving... Um Expanding outside uh, the Kafue area, or we just going to concentrate in the city? Like, I you plan on duplicating yourselves in another place? Absolutely. Lulu's favorite hashtag is hashtag we need space um, because our, our walls at our current youth center are really um, now starting to limit the the work that we can do. So um, very gratefully, um, we, we're very grateful to the local government who actually gave us land in Kafue, not far from where we currently work, to build a custom-designed facility, a custom-designed youth center. Um, so we were hoping to launch a, a, a true capital campaign this year. Obviously, COVID got in the way, but we still hope to start building that center soon. Um, and, and that'll be the true last piece of this pilot program. And then, of course, the dream is to um, go into different communities, adapt our model to that community, um, and be present, you know, across Zambia and, and hopefully in other countries as well. But we know our work works. You know, we know this model works. We've seen the success. So the dream is absolutely to share it in as many communities as possible. And uh, to our listeners, if you are feeling compelled to give, I just want to encourage you. Um, I know there are different programs that you have, but here's something that I'm looking at. You can choose to give one time or you can give monthly, and you can give $25, $50, $75, and 100 And there's a breakdown for so $25. Um, maybe, uh, Lulu, you can explain that, what uh, each amount um will be able to do 25, 50, 75, and 100. Or do, you Lulu, do, you to, uh, do you want me to take that one, Lulu? You can start. <laughs> you can start. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll join in. Okay. No problem. Um, well, for example, I'll even start, um, you know, uh, a, a little bit lower. Just at $20 is you can provide one of our girls with a menstrual health training and a set of reusable pads. Um, that, we, we all know how life-changing um, that can be. And actually, let me even go a little bit less, right? Um, oh, I'm trying to find the, for, I believe for $10, you can actually provide 50 meals for our nutrition program, 50 mm -hmm. meals for just $10. Mm -hmm. That's 50 kids. And I'm not just talking porridge. I'm talking shima, a protein, and a vegetable, right? $20, you can get a girl um, her reusable pads that you, she can use for several years, plus a menstrual health training. Um, when you're looking at $50, uh, that's actually 200 meals um, for our nutrition program. If you can give $100, you'd be pr providing supplies for us for a whole month when we're open for all of our clubs, making sure we have the paint we need for our club, you know, making sure um, that uh, we can do fun music things, you know, all of those great clubs. Um, we do ask for $300 for a sponsorship because we're not just paying the school fees. That also helps be able to have a, a child have access to all of our great programs. Um, you know, so that's where we're saying even something $10 is 50 meals, um, you know, $5 is 25 meals. Every dollar literally counts. Um, and even right now, those small amounts count even more. Like you, I think, said, Matilda, the talk time that we need to be reaching our families and knowing that our families are staying safe. Um, you, know, you know, talk time 
just a dollar can go a really long way. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. This this is this is amazing. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You can um, give one time or you can commit to be giving monthly. I think every donation does go a long way. And there's also a space for you to give other. So you can, if you're only able to afford $5, that's fine. If you're able to give more, uh, an amount that has not been mentioned, but you just feel compelled to give that amount, please do so. Every, I'm sure um, the ladies here would very much appreciate that. Um, Roger, did you want to have any? Uh, did you have any questions? And also, looking at the time, could you let us know what is coming on on uh, round on uh, open forum? Oh yes. Uh, my question is on. Um, they've been they've been doing this program for 16 years, which is very impressive. Very very impressive. Um, now, when we look at the. Uh, how it is funded, uh, do you envision a system where it keeps on going on donations, or at one point uh, it could um, stand on its own two legs, as they say? <laughs> great, great question, Roger. And 100% we want this to stand on its own legs. And um, that's, you know, part of the work um, that we're now doing is looking at that financial sustainability and how can actually the center be funding itself? You know, how can the majority of what it needs in a year be coming from Zambia and Zambians? Um, because at the end of the day, we want to share this with other communities, right? So if this one youth center um, is all that the African education program can fund, you know, we are not expanding the way that we dream to. So, you know, we're looking at income generating activities um, for the center. We're looking at support locally in Zambia from embassies and companies. Um, we're looking at diaspora support, of course. Um, but absolutely, you know, we want the center to not just be community-owned in the sense that, you know, Zambians are running it, the youth, um, ha- you know, have buy-in and have a say in, in terms of the work that goes on there. But even financially, you know, we want this to be something that the, the community can say, this is ours. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, a hot topic question. Maybe, Lulu, you can help us. Um, the youth more recently have been talking about how jobs are not available in Zambia. And we've seen that over the years, but now I think it's getting to a point where it's, uh, they're speaking up about it. The children or the youth that graduate from your program, Um, what have been their success stories or their struggles when it comes to employment? Oh, I think that's a, that's a great, um, great question. And uh, I I want to throw it, uh, I want to throw it back to Jay. She has, I I want you to have the actual numbers. So I'm going to throw it back to Jay so she can give us the actual numbers and uh, see how our kids are doing. Yeah, sure. Um, So something I can, thanks, Lulu. Um, What we try to do is we actually have a college prep and career guidance class. So when our students are finishing secondary school um, and, you know, they're waiting to go to college or university and they're giving back at the center, they're actually doing the tuitions or they're cooking in the kitchen and earning that college scholarship, we're also doing college prep and career guidance. Um, Because of exactly what you're saying, Matilda, it's, There's not a lot of jobs out there. And, you know, A, we want our youth to be able to be passionate about what they want to do, but we're also trying to make sure, you know, that that if they're going to have this this education, that it's going to actually provide opportunity for them. Um, And, you know, we're very blessed, I think, because our college and university graduates have been able to find jobs. You know, we have a regional agricultural manager um, we have two of our graduates working for different districts um, as statisticians. We have um, nurses that have been able to find jobs, fortunately. We, um, you know, so we have seen them be able to have that access. But again, to Lulu's point, we think it's because we've built these, these kids who not just have that, that certificate or diploma in their hands, 
but also have the initiative, right, to go out there, have the confidence to go out there. They seek. They don't just want to sit at home. So I think that goes back to our holistic model and providing opportunity holistically. Um, at the same time, jobs are super limited, and we're starting to focus um, on entrepreneurship because we want every single one of our secondary graduates to have an entrepreneurship training um, program that they go through and have re you know access to possible funding because at the end of the day, you're right. You may get that that diploma. I'm sorry, that degree from UNSA and not find a job. So what do you do? Well, don't just sit at home. You know, there's ways that you can start your own business in the meantime, right? So, so we have been very fortunate that our graduates have found jobs. They've been able to do well and start supporting their families and uplifting their families. But we realize that that's a blessing and we can't count on that. And that's why that entrepreneurship piece is, is even more important now than it ever was. Right, just excellent. to add on, for, for those who are still in school, we just before the pandemic uh, hit, we started a new club called Entrepreneurship Club, and we had a woman come in at the center to just teach the kids different skills, and these were very simple. You can do at home, not very expensive. Uh, she taught them how to make um, flower pots using an old face. Uh, Sauce or bathing towel, and how to make art, which can be later sold, and you you have that income. So we definitely want to start putting entrepreneurship skill when they are very young, so that even as they grow, they still have something that they can fall back on. Yep. This is excellent work. It's it's very inspiring. Have you had a chance to talk to somebody at the Ministry of of Education and show them your program and the success? Uh, that you've had, maybe it can be implemented in some of the schools? Um, not yet, Matilda. Yes, we have, I, oh, oh, we have, I'm, I'm at the ministry level. Go ahead, Lulu. <laughs> at the highest ministry level, not, but the district level, yes. We are yes. part of different uh, district committees that work around in Kashiro. So our work, we, we submit reports, and we also have an opportunity to sit in some of the meetings uh, and share our work with um, different people from uh, different sectors of a district that work in Kafue. So at the highest um, government level, not yet, but at the district level, we've, we, we've had and we have shared uh, a lot of our work and what we do and also our ta targets and our plans uh, to come. So we, we have had those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, just a quick yes. one also. Um, at, at, we are starting uh, live programs on Zambia Block Talk Radio. Uh, one of the best things I can um, uh, say to the ladies is, I don't know if you have either a small video, uh, something like that. We, c we can be running free of charge uh, uh, instead of being a commercial uh, rate. We can give it uh, to you free and, and charge. Uh, some of these things you require sustained uh, push <laughs> for people to, to come through. And then to Dr. Patrick. Dr. Patrick, in our next segment, I'll be talking to Zambia Bureau of Standards uh, Director from Lusaka. Uh, your input, if you can be available, will be um, valued. Yeah. I don't know if you're looking at the time or I look for the time for I you, Ms. Lu Ms. Lucas. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the time, and I was saying, Roger, okay. you are getting into your own time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh, thank you that's, so that's, much. That's fine. I, I just wanted to let the ladies know that we need to do a sustained camp campaign uh, to have permanent, some more permanent partners from the Zambian diaspora. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll have a video to you as soon as you need, Roger. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. Okay, with with that, thank you so much for joining us. We've been talking to uh, Julie and Lumona. Lumona, uh, Lumona has already dropped off. For more information, uh, please visit African Education Program. Let's drop
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.